Hi there! You're about to listen to a vintage episode of the Under the Microscope podcast. While the content is still as relevant and as interesting as when it was recorded, our webpage has changed. You can now find us at thesciencetalk.com slash real-scientist-nano. Welcome to Under the Microscope. This series is brought to you by the Real Scientists Nano team. Our goal is to provide a platform where scientists can communicate their work and interact with the public. With that in mind, every week we introduce you to a scientist working in the field of materials and nanoscience. Hello everyone, today we have with us Gregor Furman, who is the head of a junior research group Biogenic Nanotherapeutics at the Helmholtz Institute for Pharmaceutical Research, Saarland, which belongs to then the Helmholtz Center for Infection Research uh, based in Germany. Hello Gregor, how are you doing? Hi there, how are you? Well, dealing with the current situation and excited to talk to you. <laughs> That's great. Shall we begin? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So let's start with understanding uh, your, your scientific journey. So how did you end up in your current research field? So I did my PhD in Switzerland at ETH Zurich, where I already worked in, um, in pharmaceutical sciences. Um, mm -hmm. And then after finishing 2013, I moved to um, to London to start as a postdoc there at Imperial College. Mm -hmm. And there I um, there was another postdoc working in that group who was working on these cell-derived extracellular vesicles. And um, I became interested in using them for um, delivery of certain of certain compounds and drugs. And since mm -hmm. then, I've been studying them for different applications and different drugs. Uh -huh. That's interesting. So you have had a, a typical researcher, the traveling researcher, starting in Switzerland, yes. going to UK, now uh, being in Germany. Was it fun, though? Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, yeah. All of the stations were very nice. I have some very, I met a lot of good friends that I still have right now. And yeah, it was a very nice experience to 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 see these universities and these different ways of how they are approaching things. Right. Yeah, that's that, that's wonderful. So, um, yeah. where where would you say your your current research falls in this big picture of materials or nanoscience? This big puzzle. Where does your research fall? So, my research is also looking into engineering of drug carriers, but um, we're not following purely synthetic approaches. We are trying to use principles that are already established in nature biological um, principles, for example. Um, so basically, we're trying to use up some new methodologies for um, formulation of, for example, cell-derived um, nanoparticles. We also are trying to set up some imaging and um, diagnostic tools to yeah, use nanotechnology or to use these extracellular vesicles for detection or of diseases or for therapeutic um, for treatment for treatment um, opportunities, um, and our focus in specific our specific focus is on treating infectious diseases, but also um, auto-inflammatory dispositions. 
Aha. Okay. Interesting. So it sounds to me that you do a lot of uh, fun uh, research projects or experiments in the lab. Uh, so if you have to pick one, uh, a quirky or the most fun one or the most yeah. uh, you're proud of, I know it's difficult, I know it's difficult, but if you have to pick one research project, could you uh, pick one and explain it to us in the section we call In Other Words? Okay, so I think I would pick, um, there's a very recent um, uh, paper that we published from one of my PhD students, which I was very also very proud of her um, and of her work. Basically what we did is we um, looked into a group of um, soil living bacteria that are called mixobacteria. So this is a cooperation with another group in our institute that grow these mixobacteria. And so um, what we did is we isolated the extracellular vesicles from these mixobacteria and wanted to understand what is their role and can we use them for drug delivery. Now it turned out that if we if we take these bacteria-derived vesicles, they and we put them onto um, mammalian cells, they are really low in toxicity. So even in very high concentrations, they are not killing cells and in very simple cell models. Although this is um, bacteria-derived material, mm -hmm. and what's more, what's even more interesting is that the mixobacteria they are already um, shedding or producing the vesicles with an antibiotic um, compound inside. So we detected an antimicrobial compound and we showed that these vesicles are, so to say, inherently antimicrobial against certain model pathogens. And that's that was quite unexpected to see that basically the bacteria are doing our job. They are producing the nanoparticles and they are also loading them with a new compound or, an, or a recently discovered compound. And that was a yeah that was a that, that's a very nice project that we started and we're now trying to yeah further characterize these vesicles also to understand um, to to understand them in in for example with primary um, mammalian cells how they interact with these and if we can formulate them to really treat infections for example in the lung or in the gastrointestinal system. Wow! So these are the bacteria from the soil which could yes. in principle be used for as a therapeutic for lung or yeah so, it was, so it, it, it's known that these bacteria they are really potent producers of um, natural products and this is what many groups or some groups are looking into mm -hmm. they basically culture the bacteria and they look which kind of which kind of drugs are they um, producing and there's already drugs that are clinically uh, or that are in clinical development mm -hmm. but um, it has not really been looked into the the vesicles that these bacteria are producing and it turned out that there's also drugs in the vesicles and the vesicles are not toxic against cells at least in our simple tests so yeah in principle we hope that this could be a new nanotechnology avenue to, to treat bacterial infections. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. That's so cool. That's so, I can imagine, I can understand why you picked this, uh, this paper to talk about as, as the one that you're most proud of. Uh, yes. That's so interesting. Um, let's, let's, uh, speak a little bit of the other sides uh, or other parts of uh, a researcher's life, which mm -hmm. is uh, teaching. Uh, so, do you teach uh, any courses? And if you do, which one would you like? Which ones would you like to mention? 
So I do teach, um, although I'm in a, in a research institute. Um, that's because I would like to be connected with the university. Um, and I would like to contribute also to the teaching because I think it's it's important to yeah teach the young the students um, what we know and and it's also interesting because you you meet a lot of interesting people a lot of students and then some of them they come back to your lab as a master's student for example which is good because you already know them and you've seen them in in the classes. So what I do is I've created um, a new class in or a new course in pharmacy, which is called nanoparticles and drug delivery, which is basically an introduction to the field of nanotechnology for um, drug delivery. Mm -hmm. And then I also teach in a, a class for biotechnology and bioinformatics students, which is an introduction to biopharmacy. So it's comparable to the first one. It's also about targeted drug delivery, but it's more basic because um, they don't have the uh, previous experience of, of they, they're not pharmacy students. So you need to um, start further at the beginning. But still, it's both of them are interesting experiences because turns out sometimes some of the students, they also mix and then you have to adjust and you have to make sure that everyone in the class understands what you want to say, which is which is which was an interesting experience I had. I think last semester or the semester before, and then I had to change, I had to adjust my course, which, yeah, which I didn't expect before. So that was good. Okay. So is it for, for like uh, the uh, chemistry students or physics students, like an introduction, or is it like yes. uh, for uh, biochemical students? It's more. So there's okay. another class that we that we organize irregularly, which is more advanced on vaccine development. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you want to if you want to take that class, it's advisable to also take the introductory class first to understand the general concept of what is drug delivery, why nanotechnology, why is it interesting to to use this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that that must be interesting. So do do you enjoy the teaching experience now? Yes, I do, but it's 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 always different. Every semester, it's different. You you think that sometimes. I mean, after after a while, you think you have some um, some regularity or some you, you some some more experience. But still, then there's other people sitting there, and it's they still challenge you in a different way, which is <laughs> which is very good, I think. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, giving a conference talk on a on a regular basis, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. All right. <laughs> okay, let's move on to your uh, your research experience. I hope uh, your research experience so far has been wonderful and uh, well, clearly because you're still doing science and will continue to be amazing in the future. Uh, having said that, if you have uh, three wishes to improve your research experience. What would you ask for? And I'm not promising anything here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I would like to say is that I really would want a experienced postdoc or a highly motivated postdoc to come to come into my group and to bring in some sort of new research concept or a different angle of looking at what we are doing. I've been trying to I've been trying this. It's not so simple for a junior research group. On one hand, you have to find the money, which is I guess the, the big challenge on one side and then you also have to find a good person to come in and bring in new ideas so if I could if I could wish for that that would would also um yeah enhance 
the way that the entire group was doing research. Mm -hmm. um, I would also be interested in learning more on, let's say, molecular biology on extracellular vesicles. Not only so, not only look at them from drug delivery point of view, but to they are also involved in um, physiological cell-cell communication, in development of cancer, for example, but also in um, transfer of resistance genes in 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 um, antimicrobial uh, treatment. And so we're not so experienced on the biology side, but I found it really interesting to to better understand these concepts and to to learn these methods. Mm -hmm. And the last one is not really, well, not really research experience. It's more something that I also personally is looking for is to find a permanent position at some point. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All three wishes of you are there. They're very, <laughs> very um, valid. And I wish I could just find a postdoc yeah. for you that fits and just starts with you tomorrow or today. Okay. Uh, or just do, do a magic wand and put all the knowledge of biology, uh, extracellular yeah. vesicles <laughs> in you. <laughs> and lastly, and importantly, give you a permanent position, but I don't have that. But yes. I will, I will, I hope, and I wish you good luck uh, with. Uh, I think these are all doable uh, wishes. I think you are quite realistic. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm sure you'll make it happen <laughs> at some point. Um, so speaking of future, um, what are you most looking forward to in the next three months? Um, so I think there's been a few or there's been especially one manuscript that has been sitting on my desk in the last year, which also deals with a very interesting topic and something that I think has not been reported in literature. There's been one or two master students that already worked on this and they all have interesting results. But now it's my challenge to bring together all the results and then also write that paper and and, and try to publish it um, in this time. And now I'm taking this time now because I'm in my home office and I thought this is a good time to sit down and clear my mind and start writing this paper in a nice way. So that's what I'm what I'm hoping to do to finish. Okay. Making the most out of the current situation, are we? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, all right. Uh, and before we let you go, uh, Gregor, what we want to understand is um, what are the big challenges or what are the big questions uh, that the researchers in, in your field are working towards uh, solving other than the, the vaccine for coronavirus, uh, yes. which is the situation at the moment. Um, other than that, what are the big challenges uh, that we are working towards? So I think what nanomedicine offers is the opportunity to personalize the therapy. If you think about cancer, for example, um, not every cancer patient is the same. Also, the same applies for bacterial infections. Not everybody um, has is this reacts the same way to certain drugs. Um, some patients respond very well to the drugs, others don't. Mm -hmm. um, so what we can do, of course, is we can stratify the treatment in a sense that we are classifying the patients into certain groups, saying mm -hmm. people that are responding well to the drug, people that are not uh, responding well to the drug. But then I think if we develop smart or novel carriers, or we, we basically have the knowledge to, to, to do this, novel drug carriers, um, to better individualize the treatment um, and to optimize and, and engineer our opportunities to take advantage of this of this what the nanotechnology is offering us, then I think we can um, really strongly enhance the way how patient, different 
patients are treated even if they have the same disease or if they have the same type of cancer or infection. So I think personalization is, is a major strength of nanomedicine that we can achieve. Okay. It sounds almost very science fiction-y to me uh, that you can personalize the treatment uh, for, for, like, for every patient. That would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess it starts, basically it starts with not giving everyone the same dose as it's done now most, mostly in the clinical treatment because we know that women and men are reacting differently to things and older people have metabolism um, and so we can not only do this for, uh, for the drug itself, we can also develop carriers that deliver the information based on what the physiolog physiological condition of the, of the patient is to, to make sure that in some patient, the carrier, this carrier, this type of carrier will work better than in other patients. And we need to find out. And But if we have the knowledge, we can better attribute um, the treatment and we can also reduce the side effects of the treatments which in, in most cases is already a lot. If we help, if we relieve the patients, for example, in cancer treatment, if you make sure that they don't have as much side effects, um, then this will help a lot the mm -hmm. patient itself. Um, and, mm -hmm. it, and, and also benefic it will, will be beneficial for the treatment. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, we, I hope we, we are working towards this as, as fast as we, uh, we can, and I hope it becomes reality soon. Um, thank you very much, Gregory, for speaking with us, and we are looking forward to having you on Real Scientist Nano. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. To know more about us, please visit our website realscientistsnano.org and follow us on Twitter at realsci_nano. underscore nano.